Dane Young here from UGASports.com. We know a lot of you need audio only for the content that we push out. You're driving all day, maybe you're running, you just want to have something in the background. Uh, I'm the same way in the podcast that I listen to, so we wanted to bring you the content from SEC Media Days. You'll hear from Kirby Smart, Stetson Bennett, Nolan Smith, and Cedric Van Pran. That's what this podcast is. Them in their own words from Atlanta, from SEC Media Days. Here they are. Okay, Coach Smart is ready for your questions. Where's the micro? First one right here, Coach, to your left. Sorry, Richard Johnson, SEC Network. Uh, Coach, you had some interesting comments to the Texas high school coaches about work-life balance and trying to find the, the, the middle road there. What were your conversations with Matt Luke about that uh, before he left coaching? Well, I tried to convince him to stay. <laughs> you know, uh, there were heartfelt conversations that probably need to stay between Matt and I, but he he loves the game of football. The game of football has blessed he and his family tremendously. He'd be the first to tell you that. Um, he is a family man. And um, the sacrifices that coaches make today, and look, I'm not whining and complaining. Don't think that I'm upset. I love my profession. I love what I do, and I do it every day all over again being a high school coach if I could because I love the profession. But it's tough on the time demands. And, um, you know, he, I think he felt like there was some purity lost in the game because guys were playing not necessarily for the education or for each other or, or they were playing, you know, for the, the, the NIL opportunity or maybe for the NFL. And uh, it's tough sometimes as a coach. Uh, when you you find that and you're like, well, I'm away from my kids and I don't get an opportunity to be at their baseball games and grow and do the things they need to do. And he was very appreciative of the opportunity, the time spent. His family still lives in Athens. And I actually just had part of my summer vacation spent with his family. So we still have a great relationship. But I respect a person that's willing to make that kind of decision um, when they feel like it's right for their family. To your right, Coach, third row. Tyler Shaw with KBTX and College Station. Coach, how do you keep that kind of hungry mentality um, and make sure that the team has that mentality when they're coming off the national championship? Well, you don't change. You don't change. You don't change who you are. You don't change the way you go about things. You know, there's, there's no stone left unturned uh, when you're the leader of the organization. You're trying to always be relevant. You're trying to stay on top of things. You're trying to monitor things. You're looking for a better way to do things. You know, I was very fortunate to work for one of the best in the business at doing it after winning one. And uh, a lot of those same habits we had already created. So the question and narrative is, you just won one, you know, how, how things change. Well, we had five straight years of finishing in the top seven. Those were pretty good years. We had to, we had to come back after those good years. We lost good players those years. Um, so I'm looking at it as we're going to continue to do the same things we do, but how do we refine the process? How do we do the process better this time than we did last time? That's what we're trying to do. To your left, Coach, fourth row. Jacob Gowins, ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. The Auburn and Georgia rivalry has become one of the best and always has been one of the best in college football. What do you expect to see from Brian Harson and Auburn in year two and the matchup between you guys on or in week six? A lot of respect for Coach Harson, a lot of respect for Auburn University, and uh, it's a, you know probably where I grew up in Bainbridge was closer to there than anywhere other than maybe Florida State. So got a lot of respect for that rivalry game. It's one of the first games I remember going to as a, a child being on the sideline and seeing Pat die before the game, before they played Georgia. It was, it was cool for me growing up, a high school coach's son, because I got to go to both those games, home and away. So respect the rivalry, uh, expect it to continue that way. Um, and looking forward to an opportunity to play them 
uh, obviously at our place this year. To your right, Coach, second row. Hey, Coach, Ben Bobick, Local 3 in Chattanooga. Last year you said Lad McConkey is the best thing about college football. What did you mean by that, and how have you seen him become a leader in your locker room and how he's been there for a few years? He loves the game. He, like, has this passion for the game, and uh, it's contagious. Uh, he was a kid that, 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 you know, I watched two or three clips of, and then I saw a YouTube video, then I saw him do a combine, and I was like, well, why, does, why are not, not more people recruiting him? Because what he's he maybe a little small I don't know he's really fast he timed well he loves the game he's tough great basketball player um, so we went and said let's do the the, the, the immeasurable thing let's let's see if we can offer him a scholarship to get him to come to Georgia and uh, he took it and he practices every day as hard as he possibly can he loves the game he loves the University of Georgia and he's what's right about the sport because because for him to capitalize on NIL and opportunities, it's, it's not really about that for him. It's about winning games for his, for his brothers and fighting for his teammates. And uh, I, I appreciate the way he plays the game. On the aisle, fourth row. Uh, hey, Coach. Michael Giddens, the War Report, Auburn. Can you talk about how challenging it is to have to play a good team twice in one season? And do you feel like uh, maybe the SEC championship game loss provided a blueprint for you uh, to game plan in the national title game against Alabama? Well, I think it's, it's really hard to play anybody twice, especially the team that uh, won the first game, because just the mental uh, part of you know, the human nature is to relax if you think you're better than somebody or you've beaten somebody. And the underdog opponent is always going to have some kind of competitive mental advantage if you allow him to. Um, you know, I think I told somebody we were maybe favored in every game last year. I don't know about the last game, but I know we were favored in almost every game. So psychologically, that can wear on you if you don't prepare the right way mentally. Um, but I don't think having played that SEC game the first time gave us some blueprint for the second game. I mean, at the end of the day, the biggest difference was our ability to stop people on third down because when you don't stop them on third down you play too many snaps and uh, we played really well in the red area where we didn't do that well in the previous game to your right coach third row morning coach west blankenship on three when it comes to recruiting is that something that came naturally to you early in your career or did you have to learn from other coaches refine that and pick that up as as you kept going uh, further into your career and if you can remember how did your first attempt at recruiting a player go? Man, <clears throat> going way back. I, I think you evolve as a recruiter, right? So you, you don't just stay the same. If you stay the same, you get passed by. So it's really cool when you think about all the – I feel like I've been recruiting forever, and I'm 46. So uh, my first job, I got cut by the Indianapolis Colts. I was recruiting for Georgia in 1990. Nine, I think it was, maybe 2000. I'm, I'm, I'm recruiting there, and I'm relatively young, and I was a different recruiter then than I am now. But my first recruiting story was probably at FSU. Because at Boston State, we had to recruit kids, but it wasn't as high profile. You had to wait and see where kids went. But I was a GA at FSU, and a coach told me one time, he said, you want to be considered for an assistant coach job? You want to be treated like an assistant coach? Dress, act, and recruit like one. And when you're a GA, nobody will treat you like a GA. He said, they'll treat you like an assistant coach if you act, behave, and, and, and present yourself that way. And everything you do, whether it's shaving before work, whether it's how you dress. And I thought, okay. So I approached it like I was an assistant coach. And I remember I recruited a kid out of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I think he played at uh, Mandarin High School, but Tony Carter. 
Uh, I started recruiting him. I was allowed to go work camps, so I went and worked at camp he was at. I got to be around him for three or four days. I got a really good relationship with him. I was a graduate assistant at FSU, and I ended up signing him, and he was a top player in the country. And it let me know, it gave me the confidence that, you know what, I can go against these other coaches, even though I'm a graduate assistant. I think I've got a, a good bond with players. I played the position, and um, it was a, it was a, my first real recruiting battle. And uh, he's still he's now a coach, so he stays in touch. He comes and visits, and, and he played the NFL for about ten years. But he's a, he's a great young man, and he's my first recruiting story. Third row, and then pass your microphone one over. Okay. Hey, Coach Georgia Chambers, WFF forty eight in Huntsville. Some players said that the team buy in from last season set last season apart from others. Is there anything in particular that you credit this to? Yeah, I've talked a little bit about it, about the skull sessions and the commitment we had to our kind of team DNA. So we spent a lot of time last all season coming off of the COVID season on bonding as a team. Time, bonding as a team, we sacrificed a lot of meeting time on football to say, you know what, let's just get in these groups and have these open sessions and, and have these hot mic sessions where you can come in and talk about anything you want to talk about and get to know somebody and. I don't know. The players really bought into it, and they they don't do it unless you do. So we had uh, I don't know what you would call them uh, informational packets each week. They, the coaches had to present this material, almost like a curriculum, like you're teaching a class. And I thought that the coach buy-in made the players buy-in. Therefore, there was this really great connection um, that the players enjoyed being around. They embraced that. They thought that was a weapon, like a like a pass play. We're going to stay on the third row. Hey, Coach. Uh, Mary Alex Anders, WSWG. Um, so even after the success Georgia had last year, how do you think that Stetson can grow as a quarterback going into the season? Well, he can be a better leader. He can uh, make more plays with his feet. And uh, I think when you put someone in the role as the quarterback and they're the starter, they immediately get some credibility. He probably didn't have that credibility this time last year. He had not been put in that role. He's earned that role. He's earned the right to start. Uh, he's embraced it. He takes that responsibility head on, and he chose to come back. You know, after winning a national championship, and said, "I want to go do. I want to go do something special. I want to go play football. I want to enjoy the game." I think it's. Uh, I think it's just kind of who he is. And the biggest thing he can do for us is make sure that. He's throwing more touchdowns than he has interceptions. That's what I tell him all the time. Keep that touchdown-interception ratio the right way and make plays. He's got a lot of good players around him. To your right, Coach, back row. Hey, Coach Ryan Curley, Dog Post. Stetson, being the starter, being the guy going into it this season, what are the biggest differences you've seen in his chemistry in the offense and then just him in general with, a, with an offseason where he knows that he's the starter? The biggest difference is his confidence. You know, I, I never questioned his confidence, but the – confidence in the players around him is much greater than previously so it's hard to measure that in terms of numbers or statistics but I expect him to have a really good year because he's got more players around him that believe in him and they've seen him do it we have time for two questions right here in the third row and then we're going to come to the front Hey, Coach Mark, Alice from Strangelo with WSB. Uh, we saw a really cool moment in the hallway between Nolan Smith and head coach Sam Pittman. Uh, they embraced each other. Nolan's like, can I hug you? And they did. And they shared some words. What does it just say about the program, even after coaches move on, that they still have that special relationship with the guys? 
Well, it's the bond of a coach. You know, I, I felt that way when I left uh, Alabama or left other places to go somewhere, and you see those guys. I still remember, you know, the national championship game we lost seeing Minka, who's a kid I recruited really hard, spent a lot of time with his family, and got to know them so well. And you see him grow and have success, and then all of a sudden you run into him and you're going against him. You know, and it, it, it makes it a special bond, and just that's the kind of person that Sam is, and he commands respect from both sides of the ball. I mean, Sam Pittman didn't coach Nolan Smith. You know, he, he went against him. But there's a bond there, and that's what's special about good people. Final question, front row. Hey, Coach Jacques Doucet from WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. Uh, I know you don't play LSU this year, but just as a prominent head coach in the national championship winning coach last year, what are your thoughts on Brian Kelly joining the league uh, coming from Notre Dame? Yeah, you know, had a chance to go against Brian when he was at Notre Dame uh, two years there at Georgia and respect the job he does. I think he's very thorough, very intelligent. He has a system that he believes in. Um, he does a tremendous job with that. Uh, very thorough. I mean, when we played them in – I was at Alabama, and we played them, Notre Dame, in the national championship down in uh, Miami. I just thought it was incredible watching their season and the way he managed their team. Uh, just from top down organizational management, I think he's really incredible. You think all the way back to the days, I think it was Grand Valley when he was at Grand Valley State and I was at Valdosta State, he has won. He has a system that he believes in and that's really more about how you get success. Do you believe in what you do? And he has a great system in that. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate Thank your you. time. Man who needs no introduction in this state, and he is ready for your questions. First question right here on your left. Hey, Stetson. Amy from WJCL ABC Savannah. How would you describe your relationship with your brother, and how special will it be to play with him this season? Yeah, it was probably the coolest thing that, you know, for me that came out of COVID, um, if you can say that. Um, we always super tight, but I was, you know, five years older than him and never able to get on a team together. And just to be able to have that opportunity, it's special. And, you know, we're both super lucky. I know my mom's a big fan of it happening. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the stars align and we can throw a pass to each other. But um, for right now, we're, we're good just being on the same team. To your right, second row. Hey, Stetson. Ben from Local 3 in Chattanooga. You and Lad McConkey have taken sort of similar backgrounds, I guess, in, in terms of where you got. You had to work for everything you had. Do you see a little bit of yourself in him, and, and how have you developed that relationship with him on and off the field? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably add Dan Jackson's name to that, too. It, yeah, I think, I think we were raised probably pretty similar. Um, you, know, uh, you know, both those guys are – strong character, just hardworking guys um, who are very good. You know, I don't want to, you know, get in those typical uh, um, pigeonholes that follow, the, follow us, um, sneaky fast. But, uh, you know, they're just work hard, you know, great leaders for us. Um, go in, come in every single day, know, what, know what's important, know what we got to do. Um, and then they make plays, right, which is the most important thing. Got to make plays. Um, but, you know, I, they always believed in themselves, just like I did. And, you know, I think everybody on the team and, you know, hopefully everybody in the conference respects them. Second row here in the aisle. 
Anthony Patterson with the Atlanta Voice. How would you describe you and Todd's monkey relationship with him just believing in you as quarterback? And what moment did you have that you knew, like, okay, like he really, really, like, trusts and believes? Whenever you spend three years, I know we, I wasn't starting all three years, but we, we spent three years in the system and in the same room, and he's coaching me every single day. You know, you, you start to develop a, a sense of, uh, you, you know, you, you finish each other's uh, sentences, you know, not like that, but, um, you know, you, you start to know why he's calling this play. You know, what is he thinking here? Are we, are we thinking this? Are we thinking that? Like, what are we? And, you know, that, that only comes through time. Um, and what was the second half? I'm sorry, I got lost. What moment did you guys have that made you say, oh, he really, really struggled? Right. I, I don't know if there was a specific moment per se. You know, I mean, it was, I'd say it was, it was, it was last year uh, during the season. But for sure, after I fumbled that ball in the, in the national championship, and then, I mean, we went out and just ripped it, you know, uh, that, was, that was strong. Um, I was, uh, I didn't know that was coming. Um, but when it did, uh, we executed and guys made plays. And I mean, I had awesome protection. And, uh, but to call those plays in that situation after what had just happened, I mean, first of all, you're, you're putting yourself on the table. Uh, and, and second of all, it shows that, nay, um, we're not just, we're not going to bow to this. We're going to go try to win the game, you know. On the aisle, third row, right? Tyler Shaw with KBTX and College Station. Stetson, when you kind of self-evaluate, how would you, I guess, describe your confidence level and growth just over the past year? Is, is this offseason, you know, different than, than past offseasons? Yeah, a little bit. Um, just, just the reps with the guys, uh, getting to know, you know, when they're going to break, uh, you know, what they're thinking on, on specific plays against different routes, what I'm thinking. Um, you know, as a as as far as a confidence thing, I think it's just confident and confidence in the fact that I I know more. You know what they're doing. You know those reps that you know reps and repetition increases our confidence in each other. Um, you know, and and I'd say, you know, just development wise, probably focused on my feet a lot and just uh, not making some of the same mistakes I made last year. To your left, fourth row. Dan Peck, ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Stetson, how seriously did you consider concluding your college football career after the national championship game or going to play college football somewhere else? And what were the most important factors in your decision uh, to come back to Georgia? You know, you play the game to play the game, uh, and you play the game to, to win and to compete against the best players. And if, if I, like, I'm able, I'm secure enough to, like, I can look in the mirror, like, I wasn't going to get drafted high last year, right? So what was the guarantee that I was going to go start in the NFL last year? It was probably pretty low, or this next year. It was probably pretty low. Um, and so this is the best football, this is the best conference in the country. You know, if we take care of business, you know, then we take care of business here. Um, you're competing against the best players. You got the best players on your team, best coaches. It's the smartest league. So, you know, and I mean, I love – I think it's the biggest honor in the world to be able to go out there with the G on the side of my helmet and my name on the back and look at my brothers across from me and know that we're playing for the University of Georgia and for the state of Georgia. 
and for Bulldog fans around the country. So it really wasn't that tough of a decision, you know. I love football. I love everything, most everything about it. Um, and I just, I love to compete, and that was, you know, more of a guarantee to compete here. To your left on the fourth, uh, to the right, fourth row. Dean Leggy from Dog Post, hey Stetson. One thing I wanted to ask, one thing that you're known for at playing quarterback is running. How do you compete with the guys, just straight line speed on the team? Who can you beat uh, and who are you trailing on that front? Hmm. I can beat a lot of dudes. Uh, Lad's got me. Lad's good. I might have Dan, though. Um, I don't know. We hadn't really raced. Uh, I don't know. It's usually just fun and games, you know, racing. Um, God, I remember running against uh, Trayvon last year, though. Uh, that was embarrassing, you know, to to think of. I, I don't know if he got me. But uh, it was, I mean, just to be my size, and, you know, I think I'm pretty quick, and running looking to my right, and I see 6'6", 270 keeping up with me, and I'm like, good Lord, man, who are you? Uh, you know, and there's, I mean, there's a bunch of, I mean, there's guys like that on the team too, but um, and the sprints will, you know, to make condition a little bit easier, you know, we'll point and be like, I, I got you right here. Like, we'll race, let's race, uh, just to make it more competitive and fun. Um, but as far as pure numbers who, you know, I'll take. So the left, third row. Stetson, Allison Mastrangelo with WSB. Um, we always talk about the NIL deals. How has the NIL just changed maybe your life coming out of college with the endorsements and money that you've been able to make? And do you have a cell phone now that's actually like an iPhone as well? I do. I do. I had to get rid of the uh, flip phone. Oh, geez. We got week after. I mean, it was, it was brutal trying to TI-9 it up with, you know, and my contacts wouldn't switch over because they weren't compatible or something like that, my phone, and oh my goodness, I had like 500 text messages from, you know, and I just had to be like, thanks, thanks, th you know, so I couldn't deal with that, so I had to get rid of that. Uh, but as far as NIL, I think, you know, I, I, I went to that Manning Passion Academy, and one of the things I took away from it was Peyton was talking to us, and he said that when he was in the league and he was referring to making money to the NIL that we have now, um, he said, you know, when I did the commercials, the whatever commercials he did, um, when I did those, I made sure that my training and my preparation increased because he said he wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to be put in a situation where somebody would question, you know, has he made it and he's not the same person anymore. So I think, I think we've done a good job as a team, you know, doing that and I've, I've, I've tried to. Um, make sure that that's, that's never called into question, um, personally. Um, you know, and I don't know. I think NIL is a good thing. I think, um, you know, we do a job. We have a job. So, you know, most people get paid for their jobs. Uh, but, yeah. Thank you, Stetson. The coach is waiting. We'll be with him. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, we have Nolan Smith. He has a brief opening remark. Um, my brief opening remarks is go dogs. Okay, we are going to go to questions now. First question, we'll go right here in the second row. 
on the end, and then we'll go to the middle. Joshua, WTVC in Chattanooga. Uh, tell us about this defense. The headline we see is lost eight starters from last year's squad. Uh, what do you see when you see this defense? Um, I see a bunch of young guys that fly around and just excited to learn football, excited to be under Coach Smart. I mean, he done it for 10, 12 years at Bama, being a great D.C., and I just think that's the ultimate reason why I also came back is to, you know, being able to learn from him and just take every day in as you can, one step at a time, and be where your feet are. That's a, another thing that we learn. Second row, right here in the middle. Anthony Patterson with DLN of Voice. Of course, you just talked about the reason you decided to come back to Georgia. Um, how much of a role, you talked about, I think, your mother and Kirby. What other factors played into coming back, and what are you most excited about this season to work on? Um, it's my last year, and you know, a lot of people, you know, say what I'm most excited about. I'm most excited about just being able to work out. You know, those summer workouts that we get, I know a lot of friends, now they got to go to facilities and play and pay to work out, and I just get to work out for free, and I'm excited. I got six more months, and I get emotional thinking about it just because I'm a senior, and I played four years at Georgia, and I love this university. To your right, third row. Cody Chavins, Fox 5 Atlanta. Do they just give you a whistle at this point? You become Coach Nolan, and how do you bring it every day and, and get these guys up even days when you don't want to bring it? Um, I just say I love the game, and I just love being a student of the game and learning under Coach Smart. I mean, he has several numerous first-round picks and not even talking about the ones that he just had at Georgia. Just being able to learn under him, Coach Muschamp, Coach Schumann. I've done it for three years, and this is my last year, so I'm going to try to make the most of it. And no, they don't hand me no whistle. I work every day, and I try to lead by example. We'll stay on the right side, third row. Coming off a national championship, how do you guys stay hungry and are you know focused on still getting better and you know just not becoming complacent? Humility, and I just think that's one of the big things that we took last year in the movement step forward was connect with your brother and be be humble. Don't have no egos, and that's another thing. Your the past is your ego. We can't control last year. We can't do anything on last year. We can only look forward and be where our feet exactly are now. Right side, second row. Hey, man, Ben Boba, Local 3 in Chattanooga. Lad McConkie seems to be the definition of a bulldog, man. How does he push this team, your defense in particular, and have you seen him grown into a leader on this football team? He pushed he push our defenses, and I wouldn't even say our defense. I'd say push our secondary every day, day in, day out, summer seven on sevens. Him and A.D. Mitchell are flying. I was just telling someone earlier, they're running 22 miles an hour just jogging. Post routes, skinny posts, skinny seams, them and stats, and they're just, I think, electric. Electric on the field, electric off the field. They have a connection, and you can see it. In the back, in the aisle, to the left. Lance McCurley, Lake County News. We know about Nolan, we know about you, um, other guys on the defensive line like Zion, Logue, but how, else, how were some of those guys progressing like Nazir Stackhouse, Pop, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, and Jonathan Jefferson and Warren Brinson? Yeah, I just say a lot of people have worked in front of them, just like myself. Like, I've seen Aziz work in front of me for two years, he, and I just watched under him and just kept working. And you see someone else do it, so you know what it takes. They watch Jordan Davis and Vontae Wyatt work day in and day out on the small things, the footsteps, the right steps, the make sure you get across his face, and all those type of things that associate themselves with D-line. 
And once you see someone else do it, you can do it yourself. Back row on the aisle again. Uh, Wes Siner with AL.com. Uh, just in your opinion, what's the toughest stadium you've had to play in other than, other than your own? Jordan-Hare. I think Auburn, a lot of people sleep on Auburn. When you go in Jordan-Hare, you better be ready to play football. And I just remember my freshman year going into Jordan-Hare, and it was a tight game. And Trayvon Walker got that last sack. I still get goosebumps thinking about that. Back row again on the right. Maria Martin, 11 Alive here in Atlanta. Uh, earlier when Cedric was telling us that the person that gets Kirby Smart to laugh the most is you, I didn't get to ask you how you do that. So how do you? You know, you got to joke back and forth with Coach Smart, and he, he's serious the whole time, but the way you get him to laugh is in practice. You know, defense make a good play, and he's usually always hard on us. I tell people, like, we're the oldest brother. Like, he expects more from us. And when we have a couple good plays in a row, I start joking with him, and he'll start smiling and stuff. And people just see it on the field. But I just practice. You know, practice is hard, but practice is also fun. That's what one thing that I try to encourage people. Like, we know practice is hard, but how about we make it fun as well? We'll go to the left on the back row and then pass the microphone to your left. Dan Peck, ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. You mentioned Jordan-Hare as one of your favorite places to play on the road uh, in the SEC. Uh, you have a chance to finish your college career without losing uh, to Auburn if you guys can, uh, can, can win uh, this next one. What, what would that mean uh, to, uh, to go your entire career without losing an installment of the Deep South Olds rivalry? Um, I, like I'm telling you, I'm being where my feet are now. We're aware about Auburn and when we get to Auburn, but we know they, they always have a good team. They always put up a good fight, and they, they're always well coached and always ready to play, and especially in Jordan Hare. Stay on the back row to your – Hey, Nolan, Georgia Chambers, WFF in Huntsville. So some of the guys were talking about the biggest difference between last season and the other seasons in the past was the buy-in. Is there anything in particular that you credit this to? Um, no, I say the buy-in the buy-in is key. Once you have a bunch of guys that, that buy in and start pulling the rope in the same direction as we say metaphorically, is you get a lot of guys want to pull that rope in that same direction and a lot of guys telling people, hey man, that's not right. This is the right thing to do. This is the way to do things. This is the way we do things at Georgia. Two questions first over here on the end, third row. Hey, Nolan, Rex Castillo out of WRBL in Columbus, Georgia. So a lot of questions were about the quarterback position last season. I know that was a pretty serious battle, but what Stetson did, it seems like it's clearly his team. What has he done this time around to take his game to the next level? I think from being a more vocal leader, a more him demanding from offense and defense, because we know in the game that sometimes offense down, we pick them up, and sometimes we down, they pick us up. And I just say that he demands as a leadership role, you can tell when seven on seven, he's telling us, hey, y'all had a bad day, or we did this better, or we can do better. So I think Stetson is being more vocal and taking on his leadership role, and people see him as a quarterback. Final question, back row on the aisle. We saw a bull down in Millersville get uh, not a parade, but he went back and visited. We saw Stetson go back to uh, to Pierce County and have a parade. Did you do anything special in Savannah? Oh, yeah, I did a kids camp. Um, I had about 250 kids come out. My kids camp was free. I passed out about 300 book bags and um, hot dogs and hamburgers because, you know, sometimes most people don't know during the summer when your mom and stuff is at work, you, you got to fend for yourself on food. And um, I just took a, a big thing in making my community better and just being that vocal point in the community and trying to turn it around and tell kids it's more than life than 
TikTok and doing all this stuff indoors or even the kids that are outdoors shooting guns and stuff. I just want us to be better. Nolan, thank you very much. Thank you. We have Cedric, and he is ready for your questions. First one here on your left front row. Hey, Cedric, how you doing? How you doing? Good, good. Jacques Doucet from WAFB in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I guess this is ancient history, but LSU fans want to know how a guy of your caliber from New Orleans gets out and goes to Georgia. Um, I, I don't think it was anything LSU did wrong. I have tremendous respect for the program. I think it's great. Um, I just felt that Georgia was the best place for myself and my family, so that's what I went with. We'll go on the fourth row on the left. Dan. Dan Peck, ESPN 106.7. It's a good problem to have, but how do you sort of put the national championship behind you and get focused on the 2022 season? I think you have to be competitive. Um, that's definitely something that we preach to, you know, our team is just making sure that you're competitive every day, competing with each other and making each other better. I think the more competitive you are and focus on every rep, every game, every week, you know, you have no choice but to kind of put it behind you and, you know, get better. To your right on the third row. Tyler Shaw with KBTX and College Station. Kind of going off that same thing, do, do you feel like this team has another level to get to? And what signs have you seen that you, know, you guys are you know, not being complacent and, and getting better this offseason? I like how connected this team is, if I'm being honest. Uh, connection was definitely something that we preached last year. But I think this year, guys spending time outside of football together, you know, going break bread, fellowship. Um, guys going to church together, cookouts, those type of things. I think those are the type of things, the, the minute details that uh, help you win in the long run. We'll stay on the right, second row. Hey, man, Ben Bobick, Local 3 in Chattanooga. You and Lad McConkie came in the same, the same year, right? Yes, sir. So how have you seen him work hard and develop and, and get better, and, and have you seen him become a leader in that wide receiver room and amongst the team? I can't say anything that um, – I think people don't know about Lad. Lad is extremely hardworking, great guy. Um, and I think the best thing about Lad's process is through everything he's went through, he was really humble about it. Never complained, never, I should be getting more reps. Put his head down and worked. And when he got his chance, you know, he thrived. And um, I've said this to Lad personally, but, you know, that's somebody that I look, uh, look up to and I try to model myself after this Lad. To your left, second row. Josh Rowe, WTBC in Chattanooga. What does uh, experiencing and seeing the level it takes to win a national championship do for you personally moving forward in your career? It's a good question. I think that I think that it just allows me to lead my guys to uh, a position to win. I think that's what I want to say on it. I want to say that my goal is to lead guys to a position where they can put themselves in a position to win and help the team out. Right here, second row. Anthony Patterson with Dylan on the Voice. Of course, on the national title run, it's a lot of growing pains, it's a lot of ups and downs. For you, what do you remember the most about that run and how you can take it into this season? The work. I think that's what I remember the most, the work. 100% last year, we worked hard and, you know, guys were connected. So I think carrying over into this year is a focus to make sure that we compete and work hard every day. To your right, third row. Cody Chaffins, Fox 5 Atlanta. Nolan was in here a little bit. He fills up a room, right? And I'm sure at practice every day, he is big and loud. That's got to be great as a leader for a team, but it also can probably be annoying for an offense when he's on the defensive side of the ball in practice, always yapping. What's it like 
playing with him? I think it's great because at the end of the day, you know, when you get in the game, guys are going to talk too. So how are you going to tell that guy to be quiet when all he's bringing this positive energy to the team? So uh, definitely a good guy, you know, to have around. I love him and I appreciate him. We'll stay here on the right, third row. How have you seen Stetson grow, you know, just over the last year? And just what, what are your expectations for him and just playing alongside him, um, you know, into this year? I don't think I have any personal expectations for Stetson. Ultimately, our team goal is to win. But I can definitely say I've seen Stetson grow as a quarterback, as a leader. Um, doesn't have to be super vocal all the time and yelling at guys, but you see somebody struggling, hey man, lean on me, you know, I got your back, you know, those type of things, you know, spending extra time in the, extra time in the film room, those type of things that I think make um, an elite quarterback, I'm, I've seen Stetson do, so I'm really proud of him and his growth. To your left on the fourth row. One of the big questions for Georgia this year is how do you replace, uh, how do you replace so many of the players who, who went in the NFL draft uh, this past year? Is there anyone in particular uh, that has really impressed you uh, this offseason in, in the way that they've stepped up uh, in the absence of some of the, uh, the key players from last year's team? I think the key is to not focus on trying to replace guys, but uphold the standard, uphold what Georgia does and uphold what the guys behind you have done. I don't think you have to be that player, but I definitely think that there's a certain standard at Georgia and you uphold yourself to it. On the front row here. Cedric, when a team would win a Super Bowl, they'd be concerned about how many guys be doing commercials and whatnot after, you know, winning it all. As a guy on a national championship team in, in the new age of NIL, what was it like? Do you, were a lot, do you feel like a lot of people were trying to get players to do NIL deals, and how do you control that and, uh, you know, not make it be a distraction? I think guys are going to do NIL, and, you know, I think that's great, but the biggest thing I can say is, you know, guys haven't lost focus of, we're here to win games, you know. At the end of the day, you know, as, you know, student athletes, you know, of course, we're going to get our education and those things. But when you're on the football field, it's time to work. It's time to win football games. So NIL really isn't discussed in the locker room, things like that. You know, it's about winning for the University of Georgia. Second row in the aisle. Offensively, what do you feel? Well, well obviously, your offense, but <laughs> – where do you feel like you've taken strides um, to make sure that offense and everything is in flow from your part? Personally, I think the biggest thing for myself has been just trying to lead guys who need to be led. Um, you know, spending that extra time with guys, you know, hey, let's work out on the weekend. Let's, you know, stretch. Let's get in the hot tub. Let's take care of our body, those type of things. And, you know, just trying to push guys to be the best version of themselves, I think has been my biggest stride. Another question here on the right, third row. The, the NIL rules have been in place for about a year now. So what have you seen? I mean, from your perspective, has it changed anything about college football? And you know, if so, how? Uh, no, sir. I don't see any change. I think ultimately everybody wants to win. Everybody's goal is to win their conference, win their division, win the championship. So ultimately, that is a change through NIL. Final question on the left, fourth row. You got your first taste of the Auburn-Georgia uh, rivalry uh, last year. You got to start uh, at, at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, your thoughts on the significance of continuing uh, the streak over uh, Auburn as, as a Georgia player? Uh, personally, I don't think that we should so much focus on just trying to beat Auburn. I think every week you have to go in and focus on your opponent. So um, much respect for their program. and. Everything they have done, I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. I think they're a great team, but I think you just have to take it week by week.
Cedric, thank you very much.